Welcome to Money Talk with Tiff, a podcast where we discuss everything money from tips and tricks to current events. Follow me on my journey to become debt-free and meet other cool people along the way. I am your host, Tiffany Grant. Now let's talk money. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Today, I'm so excited because I have Rhonda Johnson on the line, and she is the owner and founder of Limitless Empowerment, which is based in Central North Carolina. She is a life coach, prepare and enrich facilitator, and an interpersonal strategy consultant. She specializes in helping couples build strong relationships, and yes, we're going to be talking about money, Um, her passion and Limitless Empowerment's primary function is to empower marriages and relationships that are suffering. So thank you so much, Rhonda, for being on the show. You're welcome. And thank you for having me, Tiffany. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So before we have gone, I was telling you, I did a marriage and money episode, but it was just a solo episode. And I was just talking about my experience and I am not a professional. So... (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to have you on to give a professional viewpoint of how we should manage money as couples. You don't, you know, you don't even have to be married, right? No, this is, this is something for any, any type of uh, leaning more towards, of course, committed relationships. Yes, these skills can be used in any type of committed relationship regarding money. Yes, exactly. So um, let's just go ahead and hop right in. So, I guess I want to start with what type of conflicts <laughs> do you foresee um, with couples in marriage, like in your um, couples in general, with your experience in the field, what has come across your, um, you know, proverbial couch? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I hope you can hear me okay. Okay. Um, so I've come across um, a lot of problems with vulnerability, um, and money is an especially vulnerable topic. Um, so I, I see a lot of problems with emotional vulnerability, financial vulnerability, um, trust, the lack of trust um, in couples. And I've seen, um, this, this is kind of a, it's kind of a hard one to, like compatibility issues, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you have the you know the flowers and the rainbows and things like that. And then year number five, it's like, oh, the kids are here. We got the job. Someone's idea of, you know, hard work and providing for the family now is completely different with this than this person's idea of it was. And you're thinking, okay, yeah, we're on the same page. And then of course the financial issues, life responsibilities get in the way and you realize, oh, we have a compatibility issue. Mm. And, and none of these things are do or die. They're things that just have to be worked out. But those are the main problems I see. Compatibility, lack of vulnerability, and then lack of trust. Yes, yes. And I can speak from experience. So just to recap, if we have any new listeners, I just got married in May. And I will say in my relationship from the beginning, um, you know, from combining our finances from that standpoint, um, my husband had to 
get through some trust issues because he had an ex-girlfriend that would, um, you know, he would give her the money to pay bills and do things and she would spend it and he ended up with nothing and all of this stuff. And so he's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go through this again, which I completely understand. Um, But we had to work through that because me as like a financial coach, I'm like, okay, we need to combine finances. We need to have the same budget. We need to do this. We need to do that. And I had to learn to take a step back and say, okay, he's working through something here, you know? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. And so I can definitely um, attest to that, that that was and has been a trying thing for us, but slowly but surely, as he has seen the account increase. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and bills are being paid. He's like, okay, I think we can do this now. Um, so what are your tips? Like, so for situations where let's say uh, trust and vulnerability is an issue because a lot of people don't have pretty financial pictures and I've even seen people say, well, I don't want to get married until my financial situation is perfect, you know? Um, So what are your tips for couples that are working through those types of issues? Well, excuse me. Thank you. First of all, thank you for um, sharing that vulnerable moment moment with us. I mean, that's huge. Um, That's really huge. I, I really like the way that you were able to get to the vulnerability, the trust issue. Um, Now, he may have opened that up to you, but I I think that you capitalized on that, right? Um, And um, maybe you didn't realize you were doing it, but because of what you could show over time Mm -hmm. has helped soothe that trust issue. Um, And not only is it trust for other people, it's trust for himself, right? Because he made the decision somewhere along the line to, okay, I'm going to give this money, this, this person control and power over this money to do this and they did not do it so not only again is there a lack of trust for that for other people there's a lack of trust in your decision making schema okay well i'm i'm not i'm a bad person because i should have seen i couldn't trust her um so all these things are playing playing into his decision making so by you being and it it's it's things that it could be your personality. It could be how you are in the moment of conflict. Um, some people, they shut down. Some people stonewall. Some people yell. Some people, they come. Conflict is a very defensive, triggering place, especially when we're talking about money and feelings, which is, you know, three-fourths of the time. But, I mean, those are two subjects that there's so much shame surrounded surrounding them. Um, and so how the person who is financially literate approaches that is a huge um, component of how the person who has, who's not as financially literate reacts. Mm-hmm. So if you reacted like, look, I know what I'm doing. I'm that girl, I'm that mm-hmm. woman, I'm that chick. Yeah, you're, you're gonna get a lot of shutdown, a lot of pushback um, because you're just going up against a lot more than money. You're going up against what he thinks about himself what he thinks about others. And of course those defenses will come up. So I really like the way, you know, you, you, first of all, he shared what happened. I think that a lot of people don't, they don't like to share what happened again because there's so much shame and embarrassment surrounding it. But sharing that moment of, okay, this is why I feel this way is so powerful in a couple. So 
you have to create that space. I call it that safe judgment free space where this person can say what happened and your first thing isn't because here's the thing. A lot of people's first thing is, well, especially they have money issues. I wouldn't trust them with money anyway. I just would have paid a bill. Well, that's not how, that's not where he's coming from. And then if you were to say something like that, you would reinforce those feelings of mistrust. So I'm really glad just to start off initially, just from what you told me, I'm really, really glad that either you, you said something or you acted in a way that provided him that safe space to say, okay, I'm willing to make the bid and open up to trust you. That's huge. That's really huge when it comes to, you know, an emotional hurt and a financial hurt like that. That's really huge. Um, and I think we were talking also about people waiting to get themselves together financially mm-hmm. before they do whatever. So I think that's also an emotional component. I think there's, we think that if we get ourselves together financially, that that, that immediately equates to happiness, right? Oops, hitting my coffee cup. Um, so, and usually to me, what we mean is once I achieve this level of financial status, so when I get this house, this car, this, 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 that, I will be happy and well enough well enough financially and emotionally to to get married to think about getting married um as opposed to you know debt reduction wealth building things like that i think that we really think about this level of achievement because to me that's the i think just the way things are culturally american wise and i'm african-american african-american wise um that is a that is a sign of health it's a sign of physical health emotional health um mental health that you you are financially good like you driving a big car you got the big house and you're ready to make big time moves and that's not the case you could be a four-year-old in a 40-year-old's body with all this cute stuff and then somebody will come around you and you'll be They'll be, you know, we all heard the story. They got all this money, but when you marry them, they're just like an emotional desert. Mm, mm, you know, speak so, on it. <laughs> <right>? So <laughs> we have to get out. And I think for everybody, we have to get out of this idea that money and emotions are on a separate plane. They are so intermingled and so interconnected that you can't have one without the other. Right. So to me, you can't, you can't have financial success without mental and emotional success. They, they go hand in hand. You can't, if you, if one is rising, um, well, I, I'll take that financially. We're sticking on the financial side of it. I'm about to get all complicated in this Sunday. Oh, Sunday. get, get complicated. <laughs> well, I, okay. So to me, if your financial status is high, you really need to be checking on your emotional status. Um, and if I see somebody who emotionally well usually the finances will come on top of that an emotionally well person a mentally well person has the self-esteem the go-getter the energy to go out here and make themselves you know viable financially um where to me if you know you haven't done the emotional work you can be financially set and really cause a lot of problems um you know emotionally i hope i Absolutely. Yes. That makes perfect sense. If if you could see, if y'all can see me right now, I'm over here rocking like I'm in the church house with my hands up because she is preaching. (laughs) 
a whole word today um, because <laughs> my first blog post ever, so this was almost three years ago when I started Money Talk with Tiv, was money is an emotional thing. That is what it was called. And I can't stress enough how much um, your past, your emotions, how you feel about money impacts how you uh, manage and, you know, obtain and all that type of things surrounding money. Um, it's amazing to me how, how people miss that part. And that's kind of how I work through when I do coaching. I, I work on the emotional, the mental part of the money, because if you don't have that down, I can talk about budgets until I'm blue in the face. <laughs> But if you are an emotional spender or and you don't have that under control, it's not going to make a difference. Um, and so that's part of like my approach to coaching is because I understand that, look, a lot of times that our um, spending habits or even saving habits, because there's a whole other side of the spectrum, um, those are all built around our emotions and our mental. So I completely agree with everything you just said. Um, and I'm over here with like chills because I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> because, you know, it is a trust thing. Like going back to the whole trust thing, if you don't trust yourself with money, yeah. how can you trust anybody else with money? And that's the same thing. Like if you're in business, um, if you're working for someone, whatever the case is, you have to find yourself and you have to figure out, okay, self, what is my emotion tied to this? Why am I feeling this way? That is a perfect segue. And if I may interrupt you, please. Yes, yes. please. So number, you know, the, after creating the safe space, we have to identify our emotions. So if you're keeping a list, we're going to create a safe space to have these uh, financial slash emotional conversations. Another important component is exactly what you said is identifying feelings. And you would be amazed how people cannot identify feelings. Um, I have a client who, I mean, her, her husband is just explode. Uh. And that is his, that's his sadness, that's his anger, that's his frustration, that's his, that's his um, confusion. And so if you were, I think she actually said that the, like this person kind of like, what, what, why are you, why are you yelling? <laughs> and he, just all this explosion where you're looking at this person, you say he's angry. And he, he, I say it like this, it shows his anger, but he's hurt. Mm. It shows his anger, but he's sad. Okay. Um, and so it's like <laughs> I had the wife, um, like, so what what am I feeling right now? We have what they call we have feeling wheels. And we have like little things where the kid little kids, because there's four little kids, but it's actually for everybody, and it's interesting. It has the kid's face and the kid is expressing an emotion. And you say, you know, how are you feeling today? And the child or adult. You know, it's like, okay, I feel sad. And they literally have to make the connotation that that's a sad face. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when it, when it resonates with me that that's how I feel, that's how sadness looks like. Where, and that's literally teaching people 
to identify their feelings because one, again, these, we're not the same thing with money. We're not taught emotional intelligence. We're not taught the skills to say, okay, I'm sad, especially again, in a society where sadness is seen as complaining, it's looked down upon. So we have to mask it in anger or we have to mask it in avoidance. And in, excuse me, in relationships, it is imperative that we are able to say, okay, I'm feeling sad right now. It's imperative because if you don't, then all I see is anger. And now that triggers my anger response. If if my anger response is angry, I'm going to try to outdo your anger. If my anger response is avoidance, I'm going to try and leave the house. Um, If my anger, if my response to anger is anxiety or fear about the relationship, I'm going to become very clingy, very afraid, you know, and it's important when we have these huge conversations like about finances that we can identify where we are on the emotional spectrum because that determines what kind of what kind of talk we're going to have right mm-hmm. so if if you we're having a conversation even you and I it's not necessarily couples it's in any type of relationship and you come to me like and you're coming to me just just straight Tiffany style just like Ron do you know um I was thinking about blah 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 and I'm sitting here like you know and I'm sitting here like, okay, you know, you, you see your words seem nice, but I'm mad right now because I don't want to talk about how poor of a budgeter I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to come out of whatever box I'm going to come out. You know, it, it, I, it's kind of like it's how your words say it and then it's how your feelings, you know, interpret that. Mm-hmm. So on another aspect of it, the example I was giving with you, you could be coming to me as nice as Tiffany Grant can come to me and I'm going to reject you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be mad because I'm like, that's, that's personal. I know we're supposed to be talking about it, but you're going to have to get through my defenses before we can really do the work. And that's how it is in relationships. And the thing, the thing to realize is that once we create that space and we're able to identify the feelings, we, we really have to figure out how to be there for our significant other. Okay, so now that I know that you're sad, what can I do so that you can continue, we can continue to talk about this and you don't shut down or you don't walk away or something like that. So just I, I just had to interject that part about identifying feelings because it's so important. Oh, it's so important. Oh yeah, and you know what? It's funny because I have had clients like that. I still currently do, but right. um, that will just not come to the meetings, you know, come up with every excuse in the book because we're on the topic of budgeting. And they know that when we get on this call, I'm going to ask, okay, so how did your budget go this week? You know, were there any things that you could tweak? Were there any new revelations? You know, whatever the case may be, and they will avoid that conversation. A lot of times when, when money is involved and people's financial pictures aren't what they deem to be ideal, they will just avoid it. I mean, they will let student loans go into default. They will just let whatever happens to their credit happen to their credit, just all types of things because I guess the emotion that they experience when they do try to confront that. Yeah, the emotions of, so the emotions of helplessness, the emotions of overwhelmed um, because when we 
don't know what to do. We try to take everything on. We try to, you know, hit everything. Okay, I'm gonna take it, cut this, move this, da 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 da, da get 15 jobs, da 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 da. Um, and that's why I want to emphasize to the listeners, it's so important to get help. Reach out. You have money coaches, you have life coaches. Get help. Don't be ashamed to get help because to me, we, well, I'm putting myself in there with finances, <laughs> get into these situations. We don't know any better. We don't know any better. And that's what reaching out to for help gets us. Now, it, it has, it has um, us confronting ourselves and nobody likes that. Nobody likes to see their shortcomings or where they can do better, um, whether they know it or not. But that's part of the process as part of getting help. And so what I try to do with my clients, and I like the way that it sounds like you try to do it, um, Tiffany, too, is just it's, it's to, to take out that, that good, bad part. Good, good people are financially awesome. Bad people, bad. No, it's a series of decisions that you made that got us here, okay? Exactly. And we're here. Let's acknowledge we're here. Let's, let's take, let's, let's get this thing together and let's turn the tide. Let's, let's turn this corner and let's get this thing going the way you want it to go. And that's a, and, and here's the thing about that is that <sighs> feelings, I love them. <laughs> Just because, again like I said you could be as sweet as you want to be with that you could you could send you could be as non-direct like send people an email and if they're not ready to confront the decisions they've made and whatever feelings that come from that you know feelings of shame feelings of um you know stupidity I did that because I was stupid, you know, I took a vacation, I couldn't afford it, and now it's still haunting me 10 years later. And, and what I try to keep in mind, because real talk, that's how I feel financially. <laughs> let's talk about the feelings now. Let's talk about, let's keep it real, let's keep it real. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, the thing that, it's a weird comfort, it's, it's a motivation, and it's a weird comfort. Um, and I think you and I talked about this before, Tiffany, is that you guys, like, <laughs> I'm watching reports all the time on stimulus packages and it's a huge, I mean, I'm, I'm all about YouTube. I love YouTube, but I'm telling you those things keep YouTube in business talking about stimulus packages. So what I'm saying is it's both a comfort and like scary. Everybody's in this situation one way, shape or form a majority of the people. Right. Mm -hmm. So to me, that says something about how we're taught of, or not taught rather about money as a society. Okay. And so to me, for me, that's a call to get right. That's going to take some time, but I don't, God forbid anything like the, the um, pandemic happens again or anything, but next time anything happens, I don't want to be watching a whole bunch of videos on a stimulus check. I don't want to be, I don't, I don't, I don't want that to be my story. Um, and I'm watching it more because that's my, my way of staying motivated that it's like, okay, this is a huge turn that the the country has to make, or this is going to keep happening. Um, and so, it's it's like we we owe it to ourselves to become financially literate. We owe it to ourselves to become emotionally literate, and understand the two can exist, but they don't have to mix all the time. You know, because I think that's what's happening. I think that's on a on a on a global scale, because everybody's economy is affected. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that helps me with getting help too is I want to come out of this better than I, I went in. Right. 
Exactly. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Now I want to go back to um, communicating through anger because you said, you know, one of your clients, you know, the husband is very, or the significant other is very angry um, all the time, just from emotion. And I know that budgeting conversations, because I, I, I have a couple clients as well. And money discussions can get very heated. Budgeting discussions can get very heated. So how do we, um, how do we work through that? Like, how do we get to a point where that does not happen and no, and people don't shut down? Um, (laughs) How do we make that easier? How do we make a difficult conversation easier to deal with? One way we do that is sort of through practicing. So we got to work our way up to that because what I'm thinking is this is the first time this couple has sat down and really talked to anybody about finances and possibly subjects this serious is in front of you. So unfortunately, you're kind of getting this weird dynamic of we're opening our very interpersonal lives to somebody. Now this is becoming more about more than about money. I was prepared to come in here and talk about money, how much we make. I wasn't prepared to have a a conversation that would have an emotional component. Um, what I would, what I would, we're in different spaces, so I could. Uh, I'd be like, you know what, Tiffany, have them talk in front of you and see how, but that's not what you do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so from my perspective, I would start with something small. I put that in quotes. So what I try to do with my couples is I try and break down um, an incident. Um, so another couple I had had real bad communication. He would do something. There was trust issues in the past. So he, she texts, he texts, she texts him all. He texts even more calling and this, where you at? Everything. So what I had them do is I said, take me, take me back through what y'all, what happened? Just take me back. And I, okay, then what did you do? Okay. Then what did you do? Okay. Then what did you do? And, and I, I, so what I what I what I would have the do the couple do is sort of see for themselves where where does it go off track? What were you thinking and what were you feeling when you said this? And you knew in your heart that this would get this reaction. Like when it went off the rails. And most couples are like, oh, like this. Okay, so that's where we need to kind of backtrack the conversation. Okay, mm-hmm. so that now make a different choice. If you made a different choice, if you, if the conversation could have gone the way you wanted it to go, first of all, we, we identify that. Then what would you say? So right here in the comfort of where we are now, what would you have said? And they usually say the complete opposite, but that's vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of agree to, okay, sir, would, would that have worked for you? Would you have chosen a different thing? Yes. Okay. So to me, the couples have to learn to talk, okay? If they don't know how to talk to each other in ways that creates, again, space of safety, um, trust, and where they can be vulnerable, they need to do that first before they do any um, money coaching. Because to me, if you guys aren't communicating before this, this, it takes a highly skilled couple to navigate this stuff if you've never talked like that before. So a high conflict couple, when it comes to anything, money, any type of plans, that shows me, ooh, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect that has to be addressed first because to me, 
that it's going to turn into something weird. Somebody dragging the person into the money coaching, somebody taking control of, you know, as opposed mm -hmm. to it being a two-party deal. Somebody, okay, well, I just started doing this with no discussion. It can get, uh, it can get real weird and ugly quick. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And not to cut you off, but um, I just wanted to interject right there because I have turned down clients <laughs> because Good. they were like, oh, well, I just handle all my own stuff. I'm married, but, you know, his money is his. And I'm like, the thing is, when it comes to being a unit, <laughs> um, it doesn't matter if you all have separate bank accounts it doesn't matter if you know you all pay separate bills whatever whatever you're still a unit and so at the end of the day the other person needs to be part of this conversation because if not then it's still going to be a mess <laughs> yes yes and I commend you for doing that yes it's very good yeah because you know um, so for instance, I had someone, they were going through like the onboarding process and everything. And I was like, wait, your husband's information is not on here. Oh no. Well, I'm not gonna, um, include him in this. And I was like, I, I, I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, because at the end of the day, right. If you're married, even if, cause I've seen it, I've seen it in action where one person was in control of everything. Um, and they ended up passing away. And then the other person, um, in this particular situation, they didn't even know how to pay the mortgage. They didn't know how to do anything because the husband took care of everything. And so that's why I emphasize that if you are in a committed relationship or married or whatever, and you, um, you know, money is a big part of, you know, how you all operate, then, which is everybody, then <laughs> you need to start having these conversations together. Because if not, God forbid anything happens to one of you all, and that was the person that was taking care of everything, then you're going to be up the creek without a paddle. With this particular um, client, you know, I was having to walk her, and it was an older lady, I was having to walk her through getting the pension benefits that she was owed from his job, um, figuring out how to pay her mortgage, like all of these things, because once he passed away, that was it. And it was pretty abrupt. And so it was like, but all these years, she was never part of the conversation. And so that's why when it comes to my own practice, I'm like, <laughs> like if the, the person just sits in on the meeting, <laughs> Like, I would love to get them part of the conversation. Like, I want interaction as well. But as long as they know what's going on, too, because at the end of the day, it's a unit thing. It's not a me, you, it's an us. And so that needs to resonate in all areas of your life now. So, yes, I, I highly, I very much agree. I can't say how much I agree. Like, this whole conversation has given me so much life. So, Rhonda, when couples, let's say, for instance, I'm out of the picture, right? So, it's just a couple, and they're like, okay, we have to have our monthly budgeting conversation, do you suggest that they take that same route and, you know, well, let's go through this old situation, you know, or do you recommend that that only happens with a mediator? <laughs> it, 
say it depends on your communication style. So if you know, if y'all know by the end of the conversation, they're going to be dishes thrown, hollering, crying, <laughs> tears, don't get a mediator. Okay. We you don't, don't even, don't even, don't do it on your own. Don't, don't do it. No. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. To me, if you know that it's highly triggering and you know, it's just, you know, and you, and I think people know it. I, I think that people just sort of like, well, that's just how we communicate. No, it's not. Um, right. I mean, it's, you guys have adopted this maladaptive way right. of communicating, but that's not really, it's not helping anybody that conversations like this just go off the rails. So yeah, I would definitely recommend a mediator to sort of, like, like I do with the clients, just breaking down the conversation and saying, okay, how often does this happen when, and, and again, like anything else, if you kind of scrutinize it, you can see, <laughs> you can see the patterns. You can see, okay, here, uh-oh, 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 the conversation is very quickly skidding, oh, it's off the rails. If you break it down like that, you can see it. You can, and, and my thing is, is that you want the couples to see it. And you're, they're so into it. They're so into their self-protection. Um, they, they don't see it. And then for them to see it, here's what, where the third party is good, the mediator. The mediator sees it with no judgment. Right. It's just they're, they're taking a conversation and they're, why well, I do, I'll say that. I take a conversation, I just break it down, talk. You talk, she talk. You talk, she talk. Okay. All right. So now are we seeing where, are we seeing where when this statement happens and now I, I'm asking her to explain how she felt when she made that statement? And if she says, okay, I know that would get him mad. Okay, now you're seeing that. Okay, then you, and, and that's what it takes. And that's why I was saying, like, when it comes to having these conversations, if you're one of those couples and every couple communicates differently, some couples can sit down and write stuff out. Okay, Sunday, Sunday mornings, um, we're going to sit down and have the, the budget conversation. We're going to sit down, we're going to pull out receipts from the, from the week, we're going to pull out whatever we got and kind of look and see where we are. Some couples can do that. Um, most couples, until they're very financially literate, will have to work through the emotional piece mm -hmm. first. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, it, it can look at like so many different ways. Um, you know, you can do the writing thing where um, instead of talking, because you just know that when you talk, it's going to escalate. The voices are going to get a little higher and higher and higher. <laughs> So you can, um, you know, maybe even open up a spreadsheet and just go through it real quick. Um, I know in my relationship, um, when I first started budgeting, actually, it was like week, I mean, month one <laughs> after getting married. Um, so June, I created, well, we created a budget. And when it was probably about day five, we had blown the fast food budget out the window I mean by hundreds <laughs> and so at that point you know it kind of it was like a shutdown moment you know then both of us was like okay we just don't want to do this anymore I just don't want to I just don't want to track anymore I just want to spend everything and you know this that and the other but when you do things like that it makes it worse down the line and so we have learned to like 
if that ever happens, we have learned to talk about it while it's happening instead of letting it build up and then catching it later. Um, so I feel like that has been helpful, um, especially with my situation. But I, I just feel like communication emotions and communication if you can get that down because that's what we've been talking about this whole episode (laughs) if you can get that down you will be a force to be reckoned with when it comes to money and not just couples but just individuals in general Um, if you can get your emotions down if you can get your communication down and when I say communicate if you're single that means communicating to your creditors communicating to the people that you're paying bills to, you know, um, it all stems from communication. I have seen situations where people avoided default. They had forgot about their student loans, but they reached out finally. And the student loan people, you know, they took it out of default because you actually made an effort, you know? So it all boils down to communication and emotions. So thank you so much, Rhonda. This was Awesome. So if people were interested in utilizing your services or finding you, how would they do that? Okay. Uh, right now I'm communicating through email or they can communicate with me through email. My bad. <laughs> um, at Rhonda J R H O N D A J A Y at limitless empowerment, one word dot life. Um, I'm not spelling all that limitless empowerment out. I'm sorry. Y'all. I'll have it in the show notes. Okay, no thank you. I'm like, if, yeah, y'all, it, you know, I'm limitless empowerment, empowerment. <laughs> not life. Yes, so that's the best way. <laughs> I'm like, please don't make me spell all no. that. Um, so that's the best way to communicate with me now. Um, and yeah, I'm just any questions, anything that you have, I'd be more than happy to to answer them for you because I just really believe, I really believe that uh, that's my, my mantra. My mantra is, you know, strong couples make strong families, strong families make strong communities and strong communities change the world. Mm. So uh, that's what I, I really believe. So yeah, I, I'm more than willing to help. Awesome. Awesome. And are you taking new clients right now? I am. I'm Yay. taking new clients. <laughs> I am because I, I, yeah, I, I, I want to help couples see the magic of communicating. I always say this. I hope I'm not taking too long, but it's not, it's not fun. But the trust and love that you build with your significant other, when you are able to talk to them in a free, vulnerable manner, is I, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Mm. I would love to share that gift with others. So, Yes, it is. So please, couples, if you're listening, reach out to Rhonda and let her change your life. We saving relationships out here, y'all. Uh, <laughs> changing the world here, y'all. That's changing the world. Yes. Um, so thank you so much again for coming on. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to moneytalkwitht.com. And while you're there, why not sign up for our newsletter so you'll never miss an episode. Talk to you soon.